So not only is the Apprenticeship Council very unique to any union in the state of New Mexico, it is very unique to almost any union across the nation. Welcome to the 412-411. My name is George Colombo, and I'm your host for this latest edition of the new podcast from UA Local 412. If you're a plumber, a pipe fitter, a welder, or an HVACR service technician in New Mexico or the El Paso area, or you're thinking about becoming one, this is your source for an in-depth look at some of the remarkable things that are going on at UA Local 412. In this episode... You're going to learn about 412's Apprenticeship Council, what it is, why it's important, and why in many ways it's one of 412's most unique undertakings. So I think you'll want to give a listen to this conversation with Phil Martinez, the Apprenticeship Council's president, and Jerome Martinez, no relation, the council's vice president. Hey, I learned a lot from this conversation, and I think you will too. So, gentlemen, let me welcome you. Thanks for coming on the 412-411. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Phil, let me start with you. Could you give everybody uh, an overview of what the Apprenticeship Council is all about, where it came from, and what you guys do? Well, we started in 2018, just before COVID, and uh, with COVID came the lack of people getting together we brought it back to life uh 2022 we got ourselves elected to office and now we're trying to have the apprentices get the apprentices to have a voice in what goes on here at local 412 and we're doing a real good job with it we're follow you know we're taking care of our community outreach with uh, the barrett house and the ronald mcdonald house giving back to our community. But what we're doing is we're growing. We're growing hand over fist. We have almost 434 apprentices. And these ladies and gentlemen are learning that that first year of apprenticeship is the hardest. Let me ask you a question, uh, because I suspect that unlike some of our other podcasts, this podcast... Uh, is going to wind up in the earbuds of people who are not necessarily members of Local 412 uh, or people who are not necessarily familiar with how unions work. Could you talk a little bit about that for those people? Yes. Uh, union, a brotherhood, brother, sisterhood. I mean, the with the comic class that we take, that me and Jerome both had to take, it comes to have a job, get a job, keep a job. That's what it's supposed to mean, okay? The people that are doing, that are with uh, the apprenticeship now, we've been, we've been indentured in, and now we're, we have the job, and now our job has to become all the education that we get now. We learn our specific trades, our specific uh, disciplines, that's the word to use. And how did you come to be an apprentice here at 412? 
Okay, uh, I've had uh, I had 34 years with Walgreens in retail. I left them for something better. I sold beer in Santa Fe for three years. And one day I became very disgruntled with what I didn't feel was I was adequate at what I was doing. And I had a 412 member come to me and say, you know what, why don't you try this? Come and see what we have to offer. And this is how long ago? I want to say, well, three years. Okay. I mean, I'm three and a half. I've done three and a half years with the okay. apprenticeship program. And I came in and I saw. And to have all these things given to you, to teach you, to be better, to better yourself and your family, it was amazing. You weren't ridiculed or treated or abused. So in your case, uh, both the idea of um, working in the context of the union and um, you, so that was a new thing for you and you were changing professions. Yes. Am I understanding that right? Yes, sir. So that must have been an interesting time for you. It's still an interesting time. <laughs> uh, you come across that, uh, am I doing the right thing? And it'd always be yes, because no matter what you do, you give 100%, you're going to get 100% out of it. I think that's the truth. Jerome, you came to 412 through a different route. Can you tell everybody about that? Yeah, so I um, I went to college first, right out of high school. Three years into college, I was uh, getting pretty fed up with it. I just didn't feel like the right fit. And I always liked working with my hands, so I went into welding, started welding structurally on uh, rail cars for the rail car company. Um, and then I wanted to get more specific. I wanted to get into a, a niche, if you will, and pipe welding was one of those that, uh, routes that I wanted to take. So I went to a welding school to learn how to weld pipe. Uh, I got out of the welding school. Uh, I had a baby on the way. Uh, I was trying to figure out, you know, where am I going to get a job? What am I going to do? And a friend of mine put me in contact with an organizer with the Southwest Pipe Trades um, who was representing Dallas, Texas. He called me. He reached out to me. And, you know, we got work in Dallas. If you want to come to Dallas, I said, I got a baby on the way. <laughs> Dallas isn't the place. I need Not to be time in, for I, a move. Yeah, I need to be in Albuquerque if at all possible. And more than willing, he said, no problem. You know, we represent Albuquerque as well, so let me get you the phone number to some people down there. So I got in touch with the hall here, and they, you know, it was like perfect timing. They're like, well, you got a welding background. We're about to start what we call the Advanced Welding Program, AWP, and uh, come in for an interview, check it out, something you're interested in, you know, we'd love to have you on. I came in, you know, it seemed like a really good program. I talked to my wife about it. We both agreed that this would be a good move. I went through the three-month program. Uh, I got one-year credit, direct entry, um, and I went to work within, like, a week of finishing the program and never looked back. And it's been almost three years now that I've been uh, with the 412, and uh, it was just I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, and it was just opportunity was there beyond my – imagination if you will you know i didn't know what the 412 did i didn't know what kind of work uh local 412 you know went after and um 
I soon realized that this is exactly what I was looking for, and it uh, ended up being a really good fit. And that's how I got in. So what are the particular challenges that an apprentice faces in 2024? There's a few, I would say. Um, I think personally for me, from what I've seen, is your class nights. You have class, you know, two nights a week. um, And, you know, you come after work, so it makes for a long day. You get home late. You got to get up early for work the next day. And um, it just, uh, it makes for a long day. I think that's challenging. Um, But your body gets used to it. Um, You have a lot of support once you come to class. Your instructor, your your fellow classmates, everybody is really supportive. Everybody is willing to help you. Everybody is willing to help each other. So there is that challenge in my opinion, but there is also a lot of support as well uh that's one challenge i could think of off the top of my head phil do you have being much older than most of the apprentices i see the inability to take criticism i mean your first year it's always it's always going to be tough no matter what you do okay your first year getting carts bagging groceries whatever this is a whole different animal you're having gentlemen that have been doing this for years teaching you how to ream a pipe how to weld and they've done it for so long and they have their ways of doing it and they're trying to show you their gift and it sounds like criticism no matter what you do and you have a bunch of young young people who don't understand that it's not criticism it's critiquing what they do and how to make them better and it's a learning process. Very big learning process. Yeah. I mean, you try, I, and I tell everybody, that first year will always be the hardest. The journeyman, the, your mentor will show you what they want you to do. You may not do it right the first time or the second time, but they're there cheering you on, trying to show you what you need to know to do the job right. And you get that sec- first year over, and everything just starts clicking. Everybody starts to roll with it, and they're learning. And they want to learn more and more and more. It's that first year. It's the hardest. And it's it that it, it deals with pay. Most of the jobs you can go out there, this job puts you at a certain pay rate. You'll work 40. And if you find, if you find a company that's willing to give you overtime, you'll get maybe 44, 48 hours. And... It looks, it doesn't look like you're making a whole lot of money. The knowledge you're getting. And as soon as you show that owner, the company, that you know what you're doing, you get the opportunity to move yourself up. Obviously, the first year would be the most difficult. Um, How does the apprenticeship council um, position itself to help your apprentices in that regard in that regard they can come to us for help like say some of these apprentices okay going back to a story i was telling i had one that was having to come from out of town i mean he was traveling at least 300 miles 400 miles and there was nothing that w- there was no incentive for him to come here 
except for the job and the education. So he came. He left his wife and his child, newly born child, and he was having problems trying to make ends meet because there was nothing to help him pay for a room. There was, he was sleeping in his car, and it got to I mean, being an older man and seeing someone trying. You look at that, and how do you not respond to that? And it, and I go, well, I asked, why don't well, we'll ask maybe some of the some of our union members will have a trailer or something that he can rent for them. Let let them give them some give him a place to go to so that he can sleep, shower and not sleep at the job site or away from the job site on the street. And I talked to Courtney. I mean, shout out to Courtney. He knows everybody and anybody. And Courtney was able to talk to the contractor and get him moved closer to home so that he would be able to see his family, make money and be able to take care of the family. I mean, I can't, I can't give Courtney enough kudos. The man took care of his apprentices like he was their father. And you see all, the, all of us older. Yes, I can help. Let, let, me help. let me help you. Let me see what I can do for you. And that's, that's, how we, that's how I look at it. Okay, Jerome's still very young. Most of the apprentices are all very young. Yeah. But they all take care of each other. It, it, it's it, honestly brother and sisterhood. The ladies need anything. Ladies of the four twelve, they're there. So I mean, that first year will always be the toughest. But as they start to work with everybody here at the hall, the family starts to roll. We're here for you. Let us know what you need. Let us help you. So, your positions with the Apprenticeship Council are elected positions. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Correct. That is so correct. what made you decide to run for those positions? Uh, I know for me, uh, one thing that was exciting about it was I, I think the AWP kind of set that tone for me. Because in the AWP, uh, the Advanced Welding Program, I was with you know a group of men and women day in and day out, five days a week for three months straight. And we, you know, we made a a bond. And once we started doing our regular scheduled classes and going to work and, you know, we'd see each other at class and we would talk about work and we'd talk about family and vacation. And and we had this really good bond and you create that bond with the people in class as well. But then once they said, hey, we have the Apprenticeship Representative Council um, you know, come to a meeting and see what it's about. And when I showed up to the meeting, it was people like Phil who had the best intentions and the genuine uh, drive to, you know, be here for their apprentices um, as much as they can, as much as we can. And I thought that that was really, really cool because coming from the non-union side of things, you don't see that. You don't see anybody standing up for you. It's very cutthroat. It's very dog-eat-dog world. And here, there that doesn't exist. Nobody's, you know, nobody's job scared here. Nobody's worried about, you know, the next person coming and taking over. So uh, being at that first apprenticeship meeting, it was really cool to see so many apprentices voice their opinion on things and, and have that pride and I thought that, I thought that that was amazing, and and um, I don't think that uh, 
anybody in any field of construction or in the trades deserves to be stepped on. And uh, I take a lot of pride in what we do. And I thought it was really cool to be a part of a group of, of men and women that felt the same way. Phil, you want to add anything to that? Years that, I, that I've been out in the world, I have seen the abuse and to see people get treated like crap. You have, you have a problem, you bring it, okay? But with that problem, you have to have a way to answer and solve that problem. That's the first thing I brought up. I go, you guys have a problem. Let me know what it is. But I need you to have a way to solve it. And beating, abusing somebody else is not the way to do it. We have to do it in a manner that will benefit all of us. Not just you, not just them, but all of us. And I look at it that way because if we don't, everybody just starts treating each other like crap. I mean, I'm, I, I've done it for years. I've worked in a, an industry where there is no, there is a union, but it wasn't taken seriously. And then coming to this and knowing that there's pride in what you do and they respect what you do. And they care. And they care. Yeah, and one thing I'd like to, to add there um, is what's really unique about, well, unions in general, but with the 412 is, you know, we have the union and we have the training center. And uh, I think some people forget that, you know, local 412 and the training center in many ways are two different entities, um, especially now that we're an accredited uh, school. Uh, and I think that that's been really nice with the apprenticeship program because we've been able to you know talk to the business manager and the business agents and the organizers and presidents and vice presidents of the hall but we're also able to talk to uh, Ray Trujillo the 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 training the JTC uh, director and um, talk with him and his people and everybody there and so we're able to represent apprentices on both sides the training side and the work side and I think that that's pretty cool. Um, again, on the non-union side of things, you don't have that. You don't have, you don't even have a training center <laughs> on the non-union side. You yep. know, it is, it is. Uh, good luck. Yeah, yeah, good luck. And if you can't figure it out, you're probably getting fired. You know, it's so, you know, it's nice to have both sides. And it's nice that the Apprenticeship Council is able to be that mediator between, you know, both sides. So, Ever since we started this podcast, I have been telling people that uh, to come to the to the regular meetings and to come to the apprentice council meetings. Uh, and yet, I have to admit, I say that without having any idea what happens <laughs> at the apprentice council meetings. Uh, and I suspect that some of your members maybe haven't gotten to them. Uh, what happens? At the apprentice council meetings. Well, we've we've made some <clears throat> some great strides. We've got uh, apprentice tutoring that we're trying to get all the formalities taken care of, so we're able to get it into the curriculum, so that we're able to help the first, second, third, fourth. I mean, there are different different classes. The math class, not a lot of us are real good at math. The science part, not a lot of us that are real good at that. It's to help, and we're trying to iron out all the bugs so that we're able to get 
people to help with the with uh, the tutoring. That's what our last our last meeting was about. We talked to Ray about it, and Ray had had some good ideas to go along with it. I can actually say it's like herding cats. We throw it out there. We want people to show up, but it's a Friday night, and that that that's the, other things to do. Yeah, yeah, people. You're out of work on Friday. That's it, and we get we get a few people to come, and we take care of our needed business. I mean, I don't, me and Jerome have been, I guess, the most consistent, but we've also, we've also had the opportunity to go to Santa Fe and work on Build 5. Jerome went to Vegas and talked to, uh, and was part of the apprenticeship leadership day, I think is what it was called, right? Yeah, it was, um, it was a conference that was, uh, it was, it was a combination between uh, the UA United Association and uh, the MCA Mechanical Contractors of America, um, were hosting a conference in Vegas, and the UA had asked uh, every single union to bring an apprentice with them, and we had breakout sessions. So all the apprentices went together in one conference, and the business managers and the business agents went to another section of the conference and um you got to network with other unions uh with other apprentices specifically we got to talk to um general manager mark mcmanus we got to talk to um the head of training for the ua raymond boyd we got to talk to i mean just all these the head of the union you know what i mean the head of the ua across the board the you know they took their time to come and talk to all the apprentices and stuff and uh we just we got a chance to to really see what separates 412 from everybody else and i don't think anybody there was really expecting didn't know what to expect but one thing that was really cool was while i was there anything that the upper ua management brought up i was familiar with maybe not an expert but i was for sure had but it wasn't something you hadn't heard before it wasn't brand new at all you know what i mean and you know and i talked to the other locals and stuff and i tell them i'm the vice president of the apprenticeship council they're like what's that you know so then i tell them about it a little bit you know and i'm like like oh we don't have anything like that you know so not only is the apprenticeship council very unique to any union in the state of new mexico it is very unique to almost any union across the nation i would say um i'm sure that there's some out there I'm not saying that there isn't but um based on a lot of people that i talked to at that at that um conference it was it was not anything that they have going on over there and um that was pretty exciting it's gotta be yeah i mean it's just like you know it's kind of like one of those things of uh, like a proud moment of, of absolutely of pride of representing your local at a national level it's just you know i don't think you realize the magnitude of of that until you're there so you're at the conference and you see thousands of other people and you kind of feel like the only one that has the step ahead everybody else understood you mentioned santa fe yes you were up there recently yes sir we went up to santa both me and jerome went up to santa fe with mike Tell yeah. tell everybody about that. We're uh, we're lobbying for House Bill Five, which um, some background on that. Last year, we were lobbying for House Bill to triple the apprenticeship fund uh, for the state of New Mexico, um, and 
We didn't for for four twelve in particular, or for unions for across a, for the apprenticeship for apprenticeship, apprenticeship program. programs, and that is union and non union. Right. As long as you're as long as you're uh, registered, registered with the state with the state as an apprenticeship program, you would qualify for this funding. Okay. So last year, we lobbied to triple the funding. That didn't work. Um, we weren't able to get the full amount that we had wanted. So here we are again next year. We're still under budgeted. We're still trying to find ways to get the funding that we need to adequately, you know, fund our apprenticeship program. So this year was a little bit different. And they wrote House Bill 5, which is to create a trust fund for the apprenticeship program. So there's basically there's two programs. Um, there's AAA and then there's PWAT. And you can draw funds from both of those accounts, essentially, if you're a registered apprenticeship program. Um, but the whole idea behind it was to create a trust fund so that it would be able to make its own money. Right. So that year after year, we're not going to the state. And With con- your hat in your yeah, hand exactly. to get some more money. Right. Yeah, exactly. And instead of consistently, you know, trying to fight for our money and, you know, wondering, oh, are we going to get it next year? Maybe we won't. You know, maybe they'll, they'll you know, maybe the, the bill will die. Maybe it won't even make it to the Senate floor. We don't know. But if we can get a trust fund accepted, then then that solves majority of our problems. And not only for us, but the reason it's such a big deal to us is because the 412 has the largest apprenticeship program in the state of New Mexico. We have over 400 apprentices. So how did that go? <laughs> it went really well. Yeah. Um, it was a it was a really exciting conversation. Um, for the most part, everybody was uh, everybody was thrilled to talk to us. Everybody was really excited about it. And of course, the biggest question that we always got was, you know, is this for unions only? It's no, it's not for unions. As long as you're registered with the apprenticeship program in the state of New Mexico, you qualify for this funding. So this is uh, beneficial to to anybody, you know, but. Of course, we represent the Apprenticeship Council here, and we wanted to show that the 412 represents all apprentices across the state, not just not just our own local. We've, we've had a discussion with, uh, I talked to ABC, I talked to 611, and I was, I'm sending out an email to these organizations to get a statewide apprenticeship program, council, people willing to talk about what what they need and what we need so that next time we have to go up for this. It's not just us. It's all of us. It's everybody. Because, I mean, it's a group effort. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to benefit. We don't... We don't discriminate. They uh, they wanted to ask us about it being specifically union, and we told them, no, we don't follow just the union. Everybody needs help. Yeah. One uh, One of my favorite stickers actually... Uh, and I even put it on my truck, is uh, it says, united we bargain and divided we beg. Love and, it. Yep. And so I think, you know, Phil's idea of creating a statewide apprenticeship council, you know, it doesn't have to just be union members, but when you have apprentices going to the Capitol on apprenticeship day and flood the place with apprentices and getting in the face of every, you know, representative and senator and talking to them and letting them know, you know, you know, it's strength in numbers. Absolutely. One thing I've noticed in the Apprenticeship Council is how much our business agents and business manager communicate with the other unions. 
IABW, you know, 611, the 49, uh, the iron workers, um, the carpenters, the carpenters, you know what I mean? We work hand in hand with, with these people on the job site more times than not. And, uh, I don't think people realize that they represent they're, the people that represent them and the people that represent the 412 communicate. And if you have that statewide apprenticeship council here now, and that is able to grow, you know, you might not see dramatic changes next week, but those are going to be the people that are going to be representing their locals when it's their time to take those positions. And if those friendships are already developed at an early stage, they can really blossom, you know, 10, 15 years from now and just make unions stronger across the state of New Mexico. Jerome, we are coming towards the end of the podcast. So I want to wrap up with a question for each of you guys, and I want to start with you. Okay. Um, What do you have to say to people who are at the beginning of their careers about working in a union environment? I would say the biggest thing that has been, and I'll just speak for myself, the biggest thing that has been beneficial um, is be proud, but don't be too proud. Be proud of what you do. You know, you'll hear it constantly around the training center, plum level square. Everything we do has to be done right and look good. And be proud of what you do, but don't be too proud to clean up your area and sweep and maintain a safe and clean work environment. Don't be too proud to go help somebody else or, you know, lend a hand to somebody. Um, Just, you know, be proud of what you do, but don't be too proud to take on anything that your company might ask you to do. Fair enough. And Phil, let me ask you this. What is the most important thing that you want 412 members to know about the Apprenticeship Council and what you guys are doing? We're here to help. No matter where or what or who you are, we'll always be here to help. The apprentices have, uh, they have lives also. But if we can take care of what you need done, our people are more than willing to try to learn anything. I mean, we don't discriminate. It's a tough job. It's hard to learn. But after you've learned it and you've turned out, you'll be able to create a life for your family that you can be proud of. Outstanding. Well, on that note... I want to say thank you so much for spending time and educating me, uh, and I hope uh, the other members as well. Uh, This has been a blast, gentlemen. What I'd like to say is I'd like to thank Courtney and all our salespeople for everything that they've done for us to build our council. Mm -hmm. Now let's see if we can build the state. Yep. Outstanding. (laughs) Let's do it. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Hey, don't forget, your general member meetings are on the second Friday of every month at 7 o'clock at the hall. Why not put it on your calendar right now? And the Apprentice Council meetings are always on the same night, and they begin at 5.30. And after listening to this podcast, if you're an apprentice and you haven't been to a meeting recently, stop by and get reacquainted with all the great things that are going on there. 
A few other quick announcements. As long as you have your calendar open, you'll want to mark down that the Years of Service ceremony will take place on May 4th at his letter resort. And the Dad's Day Golf Tournament will happen on June 15th at Santa Ana, and we'll have contact information for that soon. Thanks again to Phil Martinez and Jerome Martinez. And as always, thank you for listening to the 412-411. Politics is about power. And democratic politics is about putting power in the hands of the many, not just the few. The principle applies to the workplace too. If you want a job that pays a decent wage, that gives you a chance to get on in life, live independently and enjoy your work, then join a trade union.